Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, we, we talked about, uh, well, the three of the last four weeks about, uh, you know, the I am's and we're going to continue with that. I said I didn't know if we're going to go through all seven of them, but um, we're going to go through at least number four. And I'm pretty sure number five next week because I actually thought about combining the two because they come from the same chapter. But um, I didn't. So hopefully, well, not hopefully, but maybe we'll probably won't be here too long today. <laughs> so, um, you know, have, if you've ever been to uh, a concert or sporting event, you know, because we used to, uh, when we first moved here, we used to go to uh, Georgia football games at least once or twice a year when we first moved here. And then I started to get in the habit of seeing some of the same people out there that were selling tickets, and they would be scalpers, right? Because in order to get into an event, you got to do what? There's usually a gatekeeper there, right? So you, you need a ticket, right? Even to get into a fair, you need a ticket. And then uh, usually the gatekeeper's there to say what? Either you approve, you may hear a beep, or you may hear a right? <laughs> and if you hear a bear, then more than likely you bought a ticket from the scalper. Right. And the ticket's no good because, you know, when you have things like championship games or the Super Bowl, tickets can go into thousands of dollars. Right. And then the scalpers, they'll, they'll sell it less than what the ticket price is. Some may be legitimate and then um, some tickets may not be legitimate. Right. And you won't know until you get up to the gate. And the, the, like I said, the problem is you may waste your money because guess what? The scalper's not there for you. Right. He's not there for anybody there but himself. Right, and, and we're going to come from John chapter 10. And Jesus does a comparison in John chapter 10 where he talks about him being the true shepherd. And he's comparing himself to the Pharisees on how he carries himself and how the religious leaders, the Pharisees there, are carrying themselves. Right, and, and what leads them up to this is, because I, I talked about, because we, we came from... Uh, the I am the light of the world in uh, John chapter 8 and I talked about how you know 7, 8 and 9 go together well guess what 10 I didn't mention 10 but 10 goes as well and you know in 9 in chapter 9 of John he's, he's dealing with the blind man right and then he sees the blind man and he's aware that the blind man gets put out of the synagogue right all because he won't talk against Jesus, right? He won't call Jesus a sinner. So the Pharisees put him out of the synagogue and they threaten other people. They threaten his parents. They threaten other people that acknowledge Jesus as a godly man, a prophet, or the son of God or the Messiah. They threaten to put, put them out, right? And, and we come into John chapter 10. Well, once, once the blind man gets put out, he... Jesus goes up to him and then he lets him know, you know, he, he, he's the Lord. He's the Savior. And then the blind man gets saved, right? And then guess what? Jesus starts having a conversation with the Pharisees, right? We sometimes wonder why Jesus got persecuted because he was straight to the point, right? Yeah, we know it was envy and jealousy that they had of him, but guess what? He was, he was pretty blunt with them, right? So as we go to uh, John chapter 10, And we'll read from verse 1 to verse 10. Most assuredly, I say to you, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand, they being the Pharisees, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. So he's talking about a sheep pen. So what's significant about the sheep pen? Right. So back in this time and probably even some today, you were, the, the sheep pen was made up of stones and rocks. Right. And the sheep pen was designed to keep the sheep in there, especially at nighttime, to protect them from the dangers of uh, wild animals and really thieves. Because guess what? Even though a shepherd was uh kind of a degrading occupation to have guess what the sheep were valuable still right so you will have the sheep pen and it, it was made out of uh, stones and rocks like I said and then you have like thistles and thorns on, on top of that to provide another barrier to keep people from getting there keep animals from getting in right so we're used to having doors and gates but the, the sheep pen back in this time they didn't have a gate right so at nighttime, guess where the shepherd slept Right, who well, was the gatekeeper? Would sleep right at the right at the entranceway. It would be a thin entranceway, and the shepherd, the it would either be a shepherd or a gatekeeper, would sleep there. Why? Because no one would come in or out without the shepherd or the gatekeeper knowing. Right. So if somebody tried to get in and tried to claim sheep that wasn't theirs, the gatekeeper would know. And then if if the gatekeeper wasn't aware of who the shepherd and who the sheep was, guess what? They can test them by calling the sheep, right? Because guess what? Sheep, we all heard that sheep are dumb, right? But sheep are actually emotional animals. So they respond to voices and distinct calls. So that's how the sheep were able to come to the shepherd. We, so you can have a whole bunch of sheep congregating and then their shepherd can come and call them. And guess what? Their sheep are going to come to them and the other sheep are not going to come because guess there, there was one time where um, somebody tried to dress up as a shepherd. Um, it was known shepherd that was for the sheep. And he tried to dress up as, as, as that shepherd in the same type of clothes that that shepherd wore. But the sheep wouldn't come there. Because even though he looked like the shepherd, they recognized the voice was different. Right? And, and you compare that, you know, in the Bible... The Lord compares the church to sheep, right? And But see, the, the enemy is slick because what he does is he tries to get Christians by getting us to see things and to respond to things. So what do I mean by that? We respond and we gravitate to things that we can see, the, the big magnificent buildings, right? The big screens 
the big playgrounds. And that's, and that's how the enemy tries to draw people. Never mind the sound that's coming from the pulpit. But we'll, 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 we'll gravitate to those things. And we tend, just like sheep, we tend to follow other believers, our friends and things like that. So in 2005, in Istanbul, Turkey, there was a, a sheep, about 1,500 sheep congregating because the shepherds were there and they were eating. And all the sheep were together. All their flocks were together. And they were up on the side of a cliff. So guess what one sheep decides to do? Tries to go, not try. He goes over the cliff into the water. And guess what all 1499 sheep do? They all follow. All follow, go down the cliff. Right? So 450 sheep actually died. The rest of them were cushioned by the ones that landed first. <laughs> and I say that to say because sometimes that's what we as Christians do. We'll follow people to different ministries and, and, and oh did you hear this person did you watch this person and they're leading people to get drowned to destruction and we're following them and sometimes we may land on our feet or on the on the on, on the other christians that may be drowning right and then sometimes we may be the ones to drown so we have to be careful that we have to be able to hear the distinct voice of what's coming from the pulpit So, John chapter 10 is, is applicable for another thing. It, it's dealing mainly with leaders, truth be told, right? So, as a leader in the church, you better be doing it for two reasons. Number one, to exalt Jesus. And then number two, to serve the people and take care of the people. Right? The Pharisees weren't doing that. See, in, uh, we, we didn't read it before, but in John chapter 5, this is when a lame man, the, the, the lame man comes and he gets healed. Jesus goes to him and says, would you be made whole? Would, would you like? And he gets healed. And, and guess what? The Pharisees get upset because Jesus told him to pick up your bed and walk. Because it was on a Sabbath day. Right? So they weren't concerned about this lame man getting healed and him being better. And guess what they did? The woman that was taken in a, uh, caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8. What did they do? They bring her right before Jesus. Why? They didn't care about the woman. They wanted to trip Jesus up. So never mind embarrassing her. It was, it was just all about what their agenda was. Right? And then we get to uh, John chapter 9 with the blind man. And, and Jesus heals the blind man. But they don't care about him being healed. They want Jesus gone. Right, So they're not concerned about good happening to the people. And Jesus is contrasting himself saying, hey, I am the true shepherd. I am the true shepherd. Everybody that come before me were thieves and robbers. So these Pharisees are thieves and robbers. Why? Because they're, they're not concerned about anybody but themselves. Right? He's saying, I am the true shepherd. And guess what? In order to come to, to even shepherd sheep, to be under shepherds, even as pastors or leaders, you still got to go through Jesus. Right? Still got to go through Jesus. So, we're going to break this down. So, uh, verse 1 and 2 says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, the religious leaders, 
back in this time, the Pharisees, they gained their position by corruption, by their education. They, they gained it through by uh, who they knew and taking advantage of, of people, things like that. And Jesus is saying, he's calling them thieves and robbers. And he's saying, no. He's saying, look, I'm coming. I'm here. I'm the door so no one can come in. I'm, I'm going to protect the sheep, but I'm here to care for the sheep. I'm here to love the sheep. Just like we talked about Wednesday, what the kingdom is. It's about love. It's about mercy. It's about compassion. This, this is what the Pharisees didn't show. Right? So now the Pharisees were in a position to be shepherds. And the shepherd flocked. But they were more concerned about themselves. What can I do? It got so bad to where they would, they, they would try to keep people out of the synagogue if you didn't do what they say, it became about works. And in today's time, we as Christians could find ourselves doing things by works. How many outreaches we hold, how many people we lead to the Lord. All that is works. None of that matters. Right. If you don't go through the gate, the gatekeeper, which is Jesus Christ. And these are the things that we have to be mindful of. See, and even today. Sometimes people use their education to get into a position to shepherd a flock, right? Sometimes it's about who they know, right? Because you see some longstanding ministries that go corruption free and then they turn over to uh, the ministry as they get as the pastor, the shepherd gets older. They turn over the ministry to family member, somebody, and then all of a sudden there's uh, some corruption that goes on. Right. You've been corruption free all these years then because it wasn't supposed to be that way because Jesus is the gatekeeper. Right. Jesus determines who's going to be a shepherd and who's not going to be a shepherd. Amen. That's plain and simple. It doesn't matter how many seminaries you've gone to. It, if Jesus doesn't ordain you as a shepherd, then you're not called to be a shepherd. And there isn't but one way to enter the sheepfold, and that's through Jesus Christ. So, in other words, no one unauthorized should be able to enter into the sheepfold and, and try to drive the sheep or steal the sheep. All right, so let's go to uh, verse 3. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So he leads them out. With sheep, with sheep, you got to lead them. Sheep are not like cattle. Cattle, you drive. You push. You almost abuse cattle. Sheep, you don't do that. Sheep, like I said, are emotional, so they're going to be led. So the shepherd goes out in front and leads them and leads them by their voice. Right? Because that's what, that's what a shepherd is supposed to be. Gentle, kind, compassionate, loving merciful that's the markings of a true shepherd and see in, in uh, Ezekiel 34 the Lord God talks about how he was upset with the shepherds and he talks about how there's going to be a true shepherd coming which is Jesus Christ Amen. right and Jesus Christ is the gate so like I said before earlier every under shepherd comes through Jesus Christ see the 12 ended up being 11 but the 12 was supposed to be just like Jesus. The 70 was supposed to be just like Jesus. We focus so much on the miracles instead of looking at 
A, they were under shepherds under Jesus Christ. And they were supposed to go out and love the people. Because Jesus said it. He said he saw, he saw the people wandering, lost, without a shepherd. Now, how do you have all these Pharisees, Sadducees, but you have all these people who are lost? That shouldn't have been. So, no one can, should be able to come into the sheep pen to take the sheep because Jesus is on guard. The only way that can happen is if the sheep go. Right? Alright, so let's go to... Okay, I've said that already. All right, verse 4 and 5. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. The number one indicator for the Lord's sheep is they know his voice. Now, what we tend to do is when we read that, or we hear that, we're in tune to an audible voice or an internal voice. No, 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 no. See, the thing with the Lord's under shepherds is this. It's, it may have different tones, but it's going to be the same voice. Because what is that voice? It's supposed to be the word of God. Right? So the sheep are not supposed to flock to someone that's not delivering the message. <laughs> right? But yet we have plenty of sheep that are flopping. Flocking. <laughs> 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 flocking <laughs> what I meant to say <laughs> flocking to the wrong message right that's not the way the Lord designed it right because why he says he says it right here they will by no means follow a stranger right I know born again Holy Ghost filled Christians will sit up there and say I know so and so is messed up in the things that they don't say but sometimes some of the things they say is correct Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Alright, so what does follow mean? Follow means to accompany, to become a disciple. So when we start to follow these people that are not delivering, preaching, teaching the message of the word, Jesus' teaching, and things like that, then if you start following them, then you become their disciples. And, and, and John 8, 42 says this. Well, 42 through 47. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in, in the truth. Because there is no truth in it. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees in John chapter 8. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Whenever we have a false shepherd, false teacher, their father is the devil. And then when, you, we, when we give in to those things and we give in to those messages, then we become disciples. Of those people. Right? But. 
They will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voices of, of strangers. So what does flee mean? Flee means to flee away, to seek safety by flight, to shun or avoid by flight. Shun means persistently avoid, reject or ignore. That means we don't sit down and we don't entertain those things. We don't entertain those messages because that's what the voice is. That's what the voice symbolizes Jesus' teaching, Jesus' word, his message. See, a lot of times we as Christians, we want a revelatory word from God. But why would he give us a revelatory word when we don't even obey the revealed word that's in the Bible? Amen. We want the Lord to tell us who we're going to marry. And other things, where do we go? We're not even obeying the word that's right before us, that's already spoken. That is Jesus. We don't even obey those things. But yet, we have all these Christians that want all this revelatory word, revelation. Why, why are we going to think that the Lord is going to speak to us when we're not obeying the simple word that's right here before us? Verse 6, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said in verse 7, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So they know what he's saying. I talked about it before about when he said I am, they understood what he was saying. He's saying no one's coming to God except through me. Right. It's not about going through the Pharisees because the Pharisees wanted to keep people out. They wanted to determine who had access to the things of God. Pay me this little bit. I'll pay you. Just like with Judas. We'll pay you this. Right? They, they wanted to turn. But Jesus wasn't about that. And here it is. Jesus is contrasting. Right? These are robbers. Versus the Messiah. The Messiah who's full of love. Mercy. Compassion. Who came to save sinners. Right? We're almost done. I told you I wasn't going to be long. <laughs> Alright. Verse 8. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. So as sheep, we should not hear them. So thieves and robbers, so they're contrasts. Thieves are usually subtle. They're sneaky, right? So we have ministers today that they'll give you a little bit of truth <laughs> and a lot of bit of lie to suck you in, right? They're being subtle. Then we have other ministers that are just blatant. They'll go out, they're, they're doing all sorts of things, stealing the money, sleeping with all sorts of people, and we got Christians that will still defend them. Right? Those are thieves and robbers. Because they're trying to take the Lord's sheep. They're trying to deceive the Lord's sheep. But, truly, if they're the Lord's sheep, they won't follow. Amen. They won't follow. Why? Because we're not supposed to follow the voice of strangers. Right? Amen. We're not supposed to follow the voice of strangers. It doesn't matter how many degrees... How clean they look. And see, again, this is what the enemy does. See, because if, if the devil came right out and he got up here and delivered him, you wouldn't listen to him. You wouldn't listen to him. Right? But he's going to work through people. Right? This is why we, are, we, we have tears in the church. Right? Not in here. I know I just did that, but not in here. <laughs> that was just a reflex. <laughs> so you, you have tears in church. Right? And just like you have thieves and robbers. Right. And this is why we have to listen to the voice. The voices, what are they teaching? What are they teaching? What's coming out? 
So, you know, I talked about it was an application for leaders in the church, but it's an application. This is an application for all Christians because we got to be mindful on what we put before our eyes and our ear gates, what podcast we're listening to, what YouTube. Oh, well, I'll listen to it. You know, I can block. No, you can't. Anybody that, 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 that specializes in hearing tell you, you can't, you can't block it out like that. Right? You have to flee. You have to flee. Right? And that's why I told you all before, you know, as more I start to go in the Word, and then I start to hear people podcast, I'm like, oh, that don't sound right. I cut it off. That's me fleeing. Or I can sit there and I can listen to it, and then guess what? I start to believe some of the things they say, and then I become a disciple. Unknowingly. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters, verse 9. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and in and out and find pasture. Right? So we all have to go through Jesus. Right? Doesn't matter what false religions are out there or, or what bishop or pastor so and so says. If it's not coming from the word and not bring, see, because we're going to do one or two things when we get up here, we, we minister. We're going to exalt Jesus or we're going to exalt ourselves or somebody else. Because if you don't exalt Jesus, you're going to exalt someone else. And it may not be you. It could be somebody else you're trying to exalt. But if you're not exalting Jesus, then what are you exalting? Because guess what? We can't serve two masters. Right? We can't serve two masters. You always hear me say this is not about me. It's about Jesus being exalted and glorified and drawing people to Jesus. Right? But we have so many people out there that's trying to draw people to themselves. This is why you, you have some of these magnificent buildings and things like that because they want people to be able to see, to appeal to the things of the flesh. Right? Oh, they got a great playground for the kids. <laughs> they got a great children's room and things like that. Yeah, I think I want to go there. And then the kids, they just as messed up <laughs> as if they weren't even going to church. Why? Because they're not getting the message. They're not getting the word. All right. So verse 10. And y'all heard me say this before. This is not the devil, what he's talking about, the thief. Because, and this is why I say we got to understand context. All right. So verse 10 says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. And they may have it more abundantly. Right? So he's already the context, he's already dealing with the false shepherds, the thieves and the robbers. Right? He's not talking about the devil, but he's talking about the Pharisees. Right? Because the thief that he's talking about here in verse 10 is the false teachers, the false shepherds. Right? But we get taught over and over that that's the devil. No, that's the false shepherds. Those are the Pharisees. Those are the Sadducees. Those are the people who don't have your best interests in heart. Right? Those are the people. It's all about me. All about me. All about me. And what can you all do for me? How can you all serve me? <laughs> right? That's what it's about. But Jesus said he came to serve. The Pharisees wanted everybody to serve him. Them. See the contrast? Right. And sometimes when you're serving, you may have to do things you may, you know, you may not feel like doing. Right. I, I think it might have been Fernando that said, you know, 
Sometimes you may be asleep. You get that call four in the morning. Hey, uh, can you pick me up from the airport? <laughs> right? The body's probably going to say no. Right? But you got to do it. Right? Because the loving thing to do is just to do it. Right? Byron on Wednesday. <laughs> right? I, I was tired. I was very tired. Right? But I, I wasn't going to let him Uber home. Right? And then what happened? We had a whole adventure, Byron, didn't we? I, got, I gained a whole new respect on how much Byron got to travel here. All right? Because we got caught on traffic in 95, and he says, hey, Pastor, it's like this every Wednesday. It's either free and clear or traffic like this. All right? We got caught in traffic. We're in traffic literally on 95 for 30-some minutes. Then we get off <laughs> the exit that we're supposed to get in, and then we run into a train, not an Amtrak train, but one of the slow-moving freight trains. <laughs> And it moved so slow, it stopped. <laughs> and then every car started turning around, so we turned around. I think you punched it in your GPS for another way or something like that. And then we got to get back on the highway. <laughs> oh right? And then you got selfish people out there that don't want to let you in. But thank God for the 18-wheeler, the truck driver. Lord bless him, whoever it was. Right? He let us in. He let us in in two vehicles that was in front of us. Then we get off, and we go another way. And then we get caught by another train. Going the opposite direction. <laughs> Going the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so a lady's in front of us. So she, she does a U-turn. She said, hey, if you want to get across, follow me. And I'm like, all right, is this smart <laughs> to follow her? Because <laughs> we, we in Richmond. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I was like, well, it's three of us. I said, so... <laughs> So we, we, we follow her, and then we get across, right? And then we drop Byron off, and then all of a sudden, Diamond wants something to eat. <laughs> so, yeah, we didn't get home until 11 o'clock. Yeah, a little after 11. But that's being a shepherd. Amen. That's being a shepherd, Amen. right? <laughs> that, that's because that's doing for others, Amen. right? That, that's serving others. Amen. And see... You know, we, we have it backwards in this country. We want to go higher, higher in each position just so we can be served. But no, it's the opposite. The higher you go, the more you should be serving. That's what Jesus did, right? Jesus washed the disciples' feet. That's right. Right? That's right. And, and, and that's what we're supposed to do. But we don't see that in a lot of churches today, right? It's, I'm the pastor, serve me, right? Or it's like, Hey, let's get the pastor food. No, pastor can wait to eat. <laughs> Trust me, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to let the pastor go starving, even if they got to go to McDonald's. <clears throat> right? But, you know, that's what, that's what Jesus was contrasting. Yeah. Right? He was contrasting the true shepherd in comparison to what the, uh, the Pharisees was doing. They were trying to keep people out. They were trying to keep people away from God. They were coming up with their own rules and regulations. And Jesus said, nope, it's about coming through me. I'm the gatekeeper. Right? I'm the one that gives you access to the Father. It's not about all these rules and regulations that they're trying to come up with. Right? But it's about love. Submitting yourself to me. Amen. 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 So, just to close out. So, Jesus was just showing that he has a proper entrance into the ministry. 
right? You don't just go into ministry because you want to go into ministry. It's like I said, you you got to be called, right? And there was, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, I was talking to somebody, it was, um, and he was talking about how he, he was talking to a director of a uh, seminary, and he talked about, one, how their numbers are, are lower, but people are coming to seminary not to go into leadership in the church, just to gain more knowledge. Right. He said and he said it. He said they're not coming to learn how to serve people. They just come in to gain more knowledge on what they can get. What's the purpose of going to seminary <laughs> if you're not willing to serve the people and go into leadership? And then he said also that you got people that will go into ministry and they stop him before they get to 50. So a lot of he said a lot of denominations are hurting. So same way that government jobs are hurting and finding people. It's the same way in the church. Leadership is starting to drag, right? So you got to wonder where this world is going to. <laughs> it's going to get worse. You all hear me say it all the time, right? So we got people that don't want to go into the governmental jobs. We got people that don't want to go into men. I mean, we have, we have grown people that have never been in church before. Young, young people, they've never been in church. And guess what? They're going to raise their generation, their, their young kids up that way. Because it used to be, you know, when you had your wedding, you get married, you go into church. Now you get married anywhere, right? So he sees the Holy Spirit open his way as a doorkeeper to God's sheep. He sees that the sheep respond to his voice in teaching and leadership. So that is important in knowing the, the voice of the Lord. What is being ministered? He is well acquainted with his flock. And that's one part I forgot. Well, when the shepherd calls him out, he inspects the flock. He knows his flock, right? I had a minister tell me, uh, might have been this past week, <coughs> or maybe last week, but he was talking about something. I'm not going to mention the church's name, but he was talking to uh, a pastor of a big church around here. And he asked him, he said, and I want to make sure I don't say the name. <laughs> he said, uh, how do you know these people? He said, I don't know these people. He said, I don't know. There's no way I can know these people. Right? Well, how do you know your flock? Right? Doesn't mean you're hanging out with everybody, but you should know your flock. And, it's, and what I told him was, I said, you know, we, we, we just, seems like in the churches we're just going with the flow. Oh, I feel called to do this. I feel called to, and I said, as a shepherd, you should be able to see. You should be able to see. If someone says they called to, to a pastor, the pastor should be able to see it. Right? Should be able to see the giftings in the people. That's knowing your flock. Right? So I know if somebody comes and says, hey, I'm calling to the ministry. I can see, I should be able to see it. Right? And sometimes I may not see it. <laughs> right? And then what happens when the pastor don't see it? Because there are churches where the pastor may say, nah, I don't see that. Guess what they do? They leave. And then they go somewhere else. And then that pastor who wants sheep, more sheep, into their flock says, well, yeah, your pastor didn't see the calling on you. But I see. And then as soon as you join the ministry, they forget all about your calling. <laughs> forget all about your calling. Right? But yet let somebody else that come in who they know from a previous church they're going to elevate them to a position, right? And they may not even be called to that position. But just like the Pharisees, they're familiar with that person, 
right? But then it doesn't fit. It doesn't work because now it's the square peg into the round hole. It doesn't fit. He leads the flock and does not drive them or load it, load it over them. So again, shepherds lead the flock. They're out in front. They're leading the flock, not driving them like they cattle, not abusing them, taking care of them. He goes before the sheep as an example. So as a shepherd, the shepherd should be an example. Right? What good is it for somebody to be in a leadership position, position, but yet they're setting a bad example before the flock? Then they didn't go through the doorway. They didn't go through Jesus. Right? Somehow they got into that position. And, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes people start out the right way. They do start out the right way. And then somehow... Some way, they lose their way. They get distracted. They get busy. Where they used to pray, now they don't pray as much. Where they used to read their word, now they don't read their word as much. Because they're out doing everything and anything. Right? And then, all of a sudden, that's when the enemy comes in. And starts luring them away. Right? And then they start obeying other voices. And as a matter of fact, now they start taking care of other people, other sheep outside the flock, more than their own flock. That shouldn't be neither. Right? Because we've been a part of churches where pastors taking care of everybody else outside the church, but as soon as you try to get a meeting or something, don't have time. That, that's not a proper way of doing things. Amen. That's not a proper way of doing things. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we will stop right there. Yeah, oh, and Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly, right? In the modern church, we, we, we think that's all material things, but no, he's talking about spiritual life. Spiritual abundance. That's right. That, that is what Jesus came to bring. See, the Pharisees were like, they would tempt people through materialistic things, but no, Jesus come that we might have life. So that way, even if someone is not well off in the natural financially, they still have and can have an abundant life because they have Jesus. Amen. Because it was never about the materialistic things. Because guess what? Even if you don't have, Jesus will supply. That's right. Jesus knows what we have need of before we even need it. Amen. He knows every number of our hair. Even though I may be losing some, but he knows. <laughs> I haven't gone ball yet because Marsha won't let me. So. <laughs> but, uh, the barber asked me every time. I'm digressing. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> Let's just close out there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But, you know, we just got to remember, Jesus came to, we just got to serve him. We got to obey him. And then that is that abundant life. Right? Because we're not living for this life. Right, right. We, 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 we got another life to go to, right? right. And, and that other life is going to be a good life, Amen. A, a blessed life, right? So all these aches and pains some of us feel, right? We won't feel that, right? right. We'll be able to run. We'll be able to jump. Mother, you'll be on the track again, <laughs> running. <laughs> Be pain free the next day. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Let's uh, let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that the voice of another we will not follow. We thank you for creating the, the roadmap for us, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to, to stay clear of the thieves and the robbers, Lord God, and to be able to have discernment, Lord. When it's not your voice, oh, Heavenly Father, God. So I'm praying that you you just watch over us and, and, and protect us continuously, even as we leave this place, oh, Heavenly Father, God. Lord God, I just pray, Father God, for strength in our bodies, Lord God. I pray for healing in our bodies, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we, we just exalt you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, your compassion, your mercy, Jesus. We thank you for being the gatekeeper, Lord. We thank you for being a true shepherd, the example that you have set for everyone, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father God. So we just pray right now, Father God, that you would help us, Lord God, to be ambassadors for you in this world, O oh, Heavenly Father God. Regardless of the circumstances that are going on and regardless of the, the, the worry and the fear that's out there, Lord God, help us to find our peace in you, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to... to Turn over our anxieties to you, Lord. To cast our cares upon you, Lord. For you want to take them. You don't want us to hold on to them, Lord God. And we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for just keeping us, Lord. Keeping us safe and guiding us, Lord. So we just praise you even now, Father God. We exalt you. We magnify you. We pray, Lord God, even as we leave this place, we, we will continue to exalt you and to spend time with you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, that we will spend time in your word, spend time in prayer, knowing your voice, Lord. In the name of Jesus, for your word is alive. Your word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Amen.